So, of course, we are continuing our look ahead to the upcoming college football season here in the fast lane. We've had all sorts of perspectives so far from different college football experts, whether it's local teams, whether it's national, whether it's national experts commenting on some of their projections and thoughts for what will happen with the Virginia area schools and in the ACC. So, Hopefully, we'll be able to do this in two parts. Today, we are thrilled to welcome in Phil Steele, noted college football prognosticator, to touch on the Virginia schools. And if all things work out, we hope to be able to connect with him for a chat tomorrow to wrap up the fast lane this week, looking ahead outside into the rest of the ACC and in college football. But Phil, a pleasure to have you back with us in the fast lane once again. Uh, Instead of focusing on the Virginia schools that are in the ACC, UVA and Virginia Tech, stepping back a little bit further, Old Dominion, James Madison, and Liberty, how healthy is the Commonwealth of Virginia, especially in the group of five ranks, with what those three schools bring to the table? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely with Liberty. Uh, you know, Liberty has gone out this year, and uh, they've got a new head coach. But you got to love the new head coach, and Jamie Chadwell. Uh, Chadwell comes in, and I think takes over a, a pretty good situation uh, with Liberty. So uh, that's a good move there with uh, ODU. I really like the way Ricky Ronnie is building that program. This may be one more rebuilding year, but uh, he surprised me two years ago and got him to a bowl. And then James Madison, all they did is step in and and basically won the uh, Sunbelt Conference in their first year, even though they weren't eligible. I think it's it's pretty wrong that they're not eligible uh, again for a bowl this year because they would have been a great bowl team last season, and Kirk, uh, Kurt Signetti's doing a great job. So I think all three programs are on the rise, mostly due to who the head coaches are. You mentioned that particular point about the direction of the head coaches. Um, starting with the Old Dominion Monarchs, actually, the challenge that they face. They open at Virginia Tech. They've got Liberty on the schedule later in the year and of course they're based in the uh, Tidewater area here in our backyard in Virginia but that particular program how much do they almost embody where we are with the transfer portal in college football in terms of they've had successful players like Ollie Jennings transfer up to Virginia Tech and some others leave as well and their objective is in a lot of cases to find guys that maybe flew under the radar underdeveloped or things didn't work out at power programs and bring them to Old Dominion and help them uh, be able to reap replenish the lost talent. Yeah, and I, I think when you look at Ricky Ronnie's squad this year, they're very inexperienced. In fact, most teams generally return like 60-65% of their lettermen, but thanks in part to the transfer portal, they actually lost over half their lettermen. 31 are gone. Only 25 are back. In fact, they dropped from number 20 on my experience chart last year all the way down to number 130 with only four starters back on offense, three on defense. Breaking in a new quarterback, uh, lose their top rusher from last year, lose two of the top three receivers from last year. Uh, the offensive line only has two starters back. And defensively, at least Jason Henderson's back. This is one of the more underrated guys out there. I had him a second-team All-American uh, last year. He had an amazing year tackle-wise. But uh, when you look at the roster, this is a very inexperienced team. So my expectation level is not high for Old Dominion this year. However, I will say this. My expectation was not high in 2021. No way did I expect him to make a bowl game. And Ricky Ronnie got him there at 6-7. and seven. I think if you're an Old Dominion fan, this looks like a rebuilding year, and I'm going to be bullish on Old Dominion next year more so than this year.
Phil Steele holding his projection for the Old Dominion Monarchs until 2024. Of course, his 2023 college football guide is out at Phil Steele with an E at the end of that. PhilSteele.com and PhilSteele042 to interact with him on Twitter. Phil, transitioning from Old Dominion to another team that they used to share the CAA with before uh, conference realignment uh, reared its head in terms of the Commonwealth schools, that's the JMU Dukes. We could go on for an eternity about the ridiculousness that they clearly on the field are ready to make it to postseason play, but yet the NCAA's outdated rules prohibit that from happening. How much does that factor in maybe to motivation, especially when you look at this team latter part of the year and needing to find motivation and maybe treating those games as their bowl games? Yeah, and you go go to the season final last year when they played Coastal Carolina. Coastal was going to the Sun Belt title game, and I think James Madison proved on the field they were the best team in the division, winning that thing 47-7. to They left no doubt whatsoever. Uh, motivation, as long as Kurt Signetti's there, I think they'll be motivated for the entire year regardless of that. Uh, their goal is to go in and, uh, let's say, repeat as their Sun Belt uh, champs in their division in the East. Uh, and the roster wise they only have they have 13 starters coming back they drop a little or they're number 68 I should say on my experience level but uh, it'll be an interesting year they're going to be highly competitive in the east uh, they do have to play Troy on the road and Coastal Carolina on the road but they get that big game against App State at home they also play Marshall on the road so they they draw some tough teams out of the uh, the west this year but I think it's going to be yet another successful year for James Madison and uh, still scratching my head over the NCAA rule. Phil Steele with us in the Fast Lane. He, we, and many of our listeners from Fast Lane, Ed Lane, our social media platforms, always baffled when you bring up the idea that JMU could have another great year, maybe even theoretically win the conference championship, but not be recognized in terms of bowl availability. Uh, overall, Kirk Signetti, did you expect him when he took over this program to continue with the trajectory they had, particularly contending for, and in a couple of cases, making it to the FCS championship game, including that win a couple of years ago? against North Dakota State. Yeah, almost double-digit wins each and every year. And last year when I talked to Coach Signetti, I don't know if he knew what to expect. Uh, you know, I asked him, do you, are you confident? Are you not confident? How do you think the, the move's going to be? And he said, pretty much we'll see. And, and then what we saw last year was 8-3. and three. Uh, I think the key to their season was probably that big comeback they had against App State early on in the year. Uh, and once they did that, they had outstanding confidence for the rest of the season. Had their quarterback not got banged up, uh, who knows about the Georgia Southern and the Marshall game because uh, it looked like Centeno wasn't 100% when they took on Marshall last year. So uh, And Louisville as well. So this is a, a James Madison team that had that little lull last year in the stretch where their QB got injured. I, I think they're going to be a perennial contender. And I don't know if I completely expected it last season, but I probably expected over the next couple of years for them to get right up there. What about the Liberty Flames as Phil Steele is with us in the fast lane? Phil, the Liberty Flames transition from the Hugh Freeze era to the Jamie Chadwell era. At the beginning of our chat, you seem to be fairly bullish on what Coach Chadwell and his group bring to the mountain at Liberty University. Are you bullish on their outlook in the now-revamped Conference USA this year? 
Yeah, I think CUSA is wide open. Uh, they lost some key teams from last year. They're bringing in some uh, others. And when you look at Liberty, overall experience-wise, they're not overwhelming. They only have five starters back on offense, three on defense. In fact, they're number 119 on my experience chart. Uh, but Coach Chadwell uh, has got three quarterbacks that have played before in Salter, Bennett, and Lowe. Hopefully one of them emerges and is solid this year. Uh, they're, they're solid in the skill at the top three at running back. The receiving cores, the wide receiver core is probably one of my biggest question marks on the team, but the offensive line looks good. And defensively, uh, they've got some talent. And he, of course, hit the transfer portal very hard. They're not one of those teams like Old Dominion. They actually lost more Letterman than they have returning. They lose 36 and only return 26. However, when you factor in the schedule this year and the fact that they're now, now eligible for a conference championship, uh, uh, it, the, optimism, the optimism is there. They'll probably only be an underdog at Buffalo, uh, at Western Kentucky, and at UTEP potentially. Uh, could be favored in as many as nine games. So not an overwhelming team talent and experience-wise, but Jamie Chadwell's there. The schedule's manageable. In fact, I rate it the number 133 schedule in the entire country, and that makes Liberty a threat in the first year of CUSA. PhilSteel.com, that's with an E, PhilSteel.com, to get his college football preview magazine is that is out and a great guide to get you ready for the upcoming college football season. Uh, projected win total for the Liberty Flames this year. They're at nine. They are the second betting favorite behind Western Kentucky in Conference USA this year. Uh, one of the observations we've made in the fast lane has been this team may be rated from a power rating standpoint behind prior teams, but because the schedule does not include UAB, Virginia Tech, BYU, Arkansas, and some of the other heavyweights that they've played like Wake Forest within the last couple of years. Heck, they played all of them last year. Inevitably, it may be easier for Liberty to get to or surpass nine wins. Is that a reasonable observation? Yeah, absolutely. They play the number 133 schedule in the country. I have them favored in nine of their 12 games right now. I saw an over-under win total of eight and a half. I'd go over on that. Nine seems about right, but uh, it, as long as Jimmy Chadwell's there, you know that they're going to uh, produce and, and probably above their talent level. Phil Steele with us here in the fast lane. Do you like them to win Conference USA? Do you like Western Kentucky, or is there a dark horse looming in that conference that's piqued your interest? Yeah, I, if I'm looking for uh, – I did pick Western Kentucky, by the way, to win the CUSA, but if I'm looking for a dark horse, to me, UTEP is vastly underrated. Uh, UTEP is one of those very experienced teams. They have eight starters back on offense, seven on defense. Their quarterback, Gavin Hardison, has been there for like 10 years. He's been there forever. He's got a huge arm. Uh, they've got Hankins and Franklin in the backfield. I like the return of Tyron Smith, a wide receiver. Offensive line and defensive line, they are very strong. And I'm a line a scrimmage type of guy, uh, Ed. So when I look at UTEP, I see a strong offensive line, a strong defensive line. I think that makes them a threat. If I'm looking for a dark horse, uh, I believe they're over under win totals five and a half this year. I like UTEP with the chance to win CUSA. Sneaky projection. More of them are in the Phil Steele College Football Preview Magazine at philsteel.org. And if you missed anything from our chat, we're at Fast Lane, Ed Lane, where you listen to podcasts and Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Phil, transitioning to the Power Five programs, although Folks in our neck of the woods may debate whether they deserve that distinction in Blacksburg for Virginia Tech or Charlottesville for the Virginia Cavaliers, starting with Virginia themselves, uh, three and a half. Am I off base in being even concerned that they get to the four-win mark given how challenging their non-conference schedule is, the attrition, and frankly, for a lot of fans' sake, the concern about the inability for the staff they have in place 
to maximize particularly the offensive talent? You know, I think a lot of the problems last year, Ed, relied or uh, were, were the result of a very inexperienced offensive line. I saw that offensive line get overmatched at times. You go back and look at that Illinois game. Uh, you look at the the Syracuse game. The offensive line really struggled the entire season. So my expectations were, well, the offensive line will have to be more experienced this year, and they'll be better. But then the transfer portal went up and bit them again, and they come back with yet another inexperienced offensive line, probably lacking a little size at center. And so now uh, they bring in some transfers that's going to help, and they should get better offensive line play, but how much better is the question. I like Tony Musket at QB. I think he could step in and do well. I like the addition of Kobe Pace at Clemson, but here's the thing. Kobe Pace at Clemson was running behind Clemson's offensive line. Now he's running behind this inexperienced offensive line of Virginia. I wonder about the offensive production. Defensively, I don't have any questions about Virginia. Uh, last year, they only gave up 24 points per game, which is much better than you'd expect out of a 3-7 and seven team. They've got the players back at uh, defensive line, which I actually rate number 39 in the country. I like James Jackson at linebacker, and I think the secondary can be solid. So good defense, still a questionable offense until they can get that offensive line up to the experience level. I think it's going to be a struggling year. I actually have Virginia an underdog in nine of their games this year. So uh, that would have me saying that they will struggle to top that three-and-a-half total. Indeed, that's what a lot of our listeners have expressed at Fast Lane, Ed Lane. You can interact with Phil uh, on his Twitter handle, philsteele042 and com for his college football preview magazine. Of course, Virginia Tech right now, the recruiting and the talent acquisition front looks like it's taken a turn for the positive. Um, but obviously, some of those recruits are just barely on campus. Others have not yet enrolled, and their roster didn't seem to be in a great spot last year. What is your read entering year two of Brent Pry in Blacksburg? Yeah, I'm a little more bullish on Virginia Tech and Brent Pry uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, first of all, you go back to last year. Yes, this team uh, finished just 3-8. and eight. However, they had fourth-quarter leads against Old Dominion, NC State, Georgia Tech. Had they not blown those leads, they could easily have had a six-win season and gotten to a bowl game. This year, they avoid Clemson, North Carolina, and Miami in ACC play. So the schedule sets up. Uh, fairly well. I think they'll have vastly improved quarterback play, whether it's Grant Wells or whether it's Kyron Drones, because last year Wells struggled. Uh, you know, he had on the season nine touchdown passes, just nine interceptions, but he was a much improved QB in the spring. It's his second year in the system. If he holds on to his job, I think he'll be much improved, or if Drones beats him out, I think that improves the position right there. Adding a player like Brayshawn Tootin at uh, running back is good. He comes in from North Carolina A&T. He was a thousand or 1300 yard rusher there and I've seen the FCS transfers make a great impact uh, in their first year adding a guy like Jalen Lane at uh, wide receiver from Middle Tennessee big pickup there and then how about uh, if Old Dominion fans are well familiar with him Ollie Jennings who was banged up last year but still at 659 yards if he stays healthy all year he could recapture that thousand yard uh, average so I look for an improved offense it's the second year of the Brent Pride defense he's going back to more of the uh, Bud Foster type of defense, and they got seven starters back there. Schedule-wise, 
They're going to be a slight underdog in a bunch of games, but they'll be favored over Old Dominion. I've got them favored over Purdue. I think Purdue's in a bit of a rebuilding year. They could be favored over potentially Wake Forest, Syracuse, NC State. I think Vegas has the total right at 5.5, and and I'm going to think that Virginia Tech's got a really good shot at making a bowl game. There it is. Phil Steele with us in the fast lane. If the Hokies are a bigger picture dark horse for the ACC, that's a topic we hope to be able to connect with you tomorrow to discuss, Phil. Uh, We're out of time for today, but does that work for us to try to connect with you tomorrow to talk a bigger picture ACC and college football? Sure thing, Ed. I always love talking football with you. Awesome. Glad to have it. Phil Steele with us today in the fast lane. We're at Fast Lane Ed Lane Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you listen to our, uh, whether you want to interact with us. And of course, Fast Lane, Ed Lane, where you listen to podcasts. In the meantime, back tomorrow afternoon at 5.